You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. This is your host, Will DeWitt, and I hope that you've had a great start to your July. I do have some great news for you. We're basically two weeks away from training camp. In fact, only 16 days away from the first practice. And that's pretty crazy because our countdown to camp, that began all the way back in May, and it's now nearing its completion. Including today's show, we only have three more positional previews left. And the last time that you heard from us, we broke down the Bears inside linebackers, and now it's time to turn our attention to the Chicago Bears cornerbacks. To help me break down the first half of the secondary, I'm joined by my co-hosts Nicholas Moriano and Brandon Hazlett. B, this is a milestone episode for you because you're recording this show for the first time as, well, how about you update our listeners on your status? Uh, yeah, I'm now an engaged man. So this is the first podcast where I am, uh, and I'm not wearing a ring, but I put a ring on it. So, <laughs> oh yeah, congrats. <laughs> my my awesome. off to an exciting start. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brandon Hazlett is engaged. Congratulations. That was a heck of a 4th of July week for you to can kind of get that done. I know it's something you've been looking forward to for a little bit of time now. So to see it all went well and smooth and you guys are planning a wedding now. So much changes yeah, in two weeks. Fireworks. Lots Ooh. of fireworks on the 4th, to say the least. <laughs> Whoa, you said that on the air. You dog. Well, All right. I thought it was kind of funny. But... Okay, okay, okay. How about you, Nick? Can you top that news? I actually can't. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely can't. I just, I'm looking forward to going to a wedding whenever that yeah. is, Brandon. So yeah. Um, but no, I've been good. It's been, a, it's been really hot lately. It's funny because we've been complaining about the weather not being hot. It's been a lot. It's been very rainy. Now it's just been so hot to where you go outside, just start sweating. And I don't know what people want. I don't know what I want from the weather, but that's, that's how my, I guess, time has been going. I'm talking about the weather right now out of all things. So I'm just going to stop talking so we can talk about these cornerbacks. Well, hold on. You talked about the wedding. I think you and I, we should be live podcasting at the wedding. Oh, I think that's, that's a great idea. I'm down with that. Right. Sounds like a good idea. Brandon, what do you think? Should we be podcasting during your wedding? That would be an interesting live stream. <laughs> Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? All right. But no, like uh, Nick said, we do need to talk about a, a decent amount of cornerbacks today. But before we do get started, one last thing. Uh, I noticed that we're sitting at 423 reviews on Apple Podcasts. And I would love, personally, and I'm sure Brandon and Nick would agree, uh, to reach 500 before we kick off our fifth season. So 100 per season. Now, from three Bears fans to another, I just want to say, if you haven't yet, just leave a moment. Just click some stars. Leave a review. Actually, preferably five stars uh, and Apple Podcasts. And if we reach the goal of 500 before the Bears kick off against Green Bay Week 1, we'll give away one jersey of choice to one lucky reviewer as a token of our appreciation. You know, every time we reach a big milestone, like the hundreds, the century marks, we do like to do some giveaways. So if you want to enter yourself in to get a jersey of your choice, 
definitely leave a review of our show on Apple Podcasts. And this is definitely a goal I think we could hit. We haven't been pushing for reviews lately, so if you haven't left a review, please do so. All right, guys, let's talk about the Bears cornerbacks. First up, Kyle Fuller. Two years ago, Fuller played on the transition tag. He earned himself a big payday by balling out that season. Last year was the first of his four-year, $56 million contract. And in that year, Fuller earned all-pro honors at the position. Talk about a strong return on investment for Ryan Pace. Now, something that really stands out to me is the fact that Kyle Fuller was the third most targeted corner in the NFL with 105 balls that went his way. But he gave up the fourth lowest passer rating in the entire league with 66.6. Now, that gets even better. He also had a league-leading seven interceptions on the year, which was a tie, but I like saying league-leading. Now, obviously, that's pretty unbelievable, but I want to know, what did you see from Kyle Fuller last year that was maybe what's called a driving force behind his success? And Nick, I want to go to you first. Yeah, just watching the film from Kyle Fuller, a bunch of things stick out, but I think with just watching him and having the year that he had, it's just because he always had active feet, was always moving. He primarily played in zone coverage about six to eight yards off the ball, but whenever receivers were maybe just running a go route or a comeback, you just always saw Kyle Fuller's feet moving. And that's huge for a corner because anytime you're stuck in cement or in the, in the grass, really, you're not going to be able to make a play on the ball. But with Kyle Fuller, knowing that he has some great safeties behind him, was able to really jump routes because he always had those active feet. And that's what I kind of noticed just watching the film there. Again, you said lead leading uh, interceptions last season with those seven. Well, it's because he's able to jump these routes, have that perfect timing, knowing he's got some good safeties in the back of him but it's because he's very active he doesn't really stop very much and even when he isn't um, maybe intercepting the ball he also led the league with 21 passes defended which is also a key statistic for Kyle Fuller and just being a cornerback and that's again just reading routes anticipating where receivers are going to go checking their alignments from the splits that they're in Kyle Fuller showed all of that in 2018 so I don't think it was any type of a fluke season for him this is the kind of cornerback that the Bears envisioned when they drafted him in the first round in 2014 and he really brought it all together uh for the defense last season so a lot of things stick out but i think just having that active feet being able to diagnose plays and just making plays on the ball were the big things for kyle fuller in 2018 yeah it's weird that after some time you look back at like that draft a little bit like with kyle fuller and like okay thanks phil emery like obviously we love ryan pace and everything that he's doing for this team to take him to the next step but this was a good pickup by the bears and you know it wasn't always uh, is smooth sailing for Kyle Fuller in Chicago. And to be, what, three years now removed from the year he sat out and to see where he is now, uh, very uh, you know affirming. And, of course, it's great to have him here on the team. Uh, Brandon, anything that you saw from Kyle Fuller last year that is uh, why you believe he was able to succeed or just you, what your thoughts were on that season? Obviously, an all-pro season, it's kind of hard to find much fault with it. Yeah, there's not really any fault. Uh, but one thing that really stood out from 2017 to 2018 with Kyle Fuller is the fact that he was making these interceptions. I mean, how many times in 2017 did we say he's leading the league and dropped interceptions? Mm-hmm. And he was finally able to capitalize on some of those last year. He had seven interceptions, obviously, 21 pass breakups. So the fact that he's got one less pass breakup than he did in 2017, he had 22, uh, to be able to convert some of those interceptions and still have almost the same amount of pass breakups he's really capitalizing on his opportunities and he's really worked on his hands and it really showed. So I think that's really the the driving force on why we're seeing Kyle Fuller play the way that he is. I think I can 
summarize everything you've said into my point, which is his confidence. Ever since about the halfway point of 2017, he's been playing with extreme confidence. And cornerback is a position, I mean, all positions to a degree in the NFL, but I think cornerback is one where if you're not playing confidently and you're second-guessing yourself, second-guessing your instincts and how a certain play is going to go or how a certain receiver is going to break, you know, bad things typically happen. But when you're confident, you believe in yourself, and you trust your instincts like Kyle Fuller has – uh, as you like, think you mentioned, his off-man coverage, his ability to break on balls, read the quarterback's eyes, anticipate throws, that's a big reason why Kyle Fuller, to me, was able to succeed in 2018. But let's look at this year, guys, 2019. And I'm unsure if he can, quote-unquote, top last season, as it was pretty supreme, but what are your expectations? Do you envision him playing at that same high level uh, that he has been for now, what, a season and a half? Uh, Nick, I know you're not fearing any regression from the 27-year-old, right? No, absolutely not. Uh, like I said, 2018 wasn't a fluke season for Kyle Fuller. Uh, when you have the defense that you have in the Bears and all the the studs that they really have there, you're able to elevate your game to kind of match that level. And with Kyle Fuller, how his technique is, he's fundamentally sound. He doesn't usually get out of position. You just expect more of the same from him. I mean, look, he led the league or was tied with seven interceptions, but that, there's no indication of why he can't do that again this season, especially with now having Chuck Pagano there. Maybe you have more blitzes. Maybe the quarterback's just getting the ball a little bit quicker and maybe into more susceptible areas to get intercepted. It can definitely happen for Kyle Fuller. He's usually in a good position to make plays. So I don't fear regression from him, especially with him primarily playing off the ball, the the eight yards back. He's just able to kind of read things. And there are a couple of times where he should have probably had a couple more interceptions. Go back to the Giants game where Eli Manning's just kind of throwing the ball uh, and into areas where Kyle Fuller, he did get one. But I think there was two more plays in that game where he could have had possibly two more interceptions on the season. So I think Kyle Fuller, uh, again, can really bring uh, what he did last season and even elevate his game even more having, again, now you have HaHa Clint Dix back there, and we'll save that for another podcast. But you have two really good safeties back there. Just creates more opportunities for some of these cornerbacks that make more opportunities to jump routes like they did in 2018. What about you, B? What are your expectations for Fuller next? Well, this season, not next season, where it's pretty much there. <laughs> well, next season, uh, it's a little far out. No, but uh, I just want to kind of build on Nick's point because he brought up Chuck Pagano, and you know he's got a more aggressive defense. More blitzes are going to allow for quarterbacks to stare down the receivers because they just want to get the ball out. Uh, but but Chuck Pagano is also known as a better coverage coach, so that that just it just all builds for Cal Florida to be able to have a. a similar season if not a better one than last year so I think that uh really Kyle Fuller is really going to have it I would say what he did last year would be kind of what should be expected for average as long as when Chuck Pagano's here absolutely yeah like you guys obviously uh, I'm not fearing any regression from Kyle Fuller I believe he's going to have another very strong season Nick question for you uh as I was preparing for this show I'm looking at Kyle Fuller, looking at his career trajectory. Is he entering like his prime? Like maybe like last year is like the beginning of it, and now we're gonna have a few seasons of like that Kyle Fuller. Yeah, heading into his fifth season, he's 27 years old. This can be uh, 
really where we see Kyle Fuller just consistently play to this level of expectations that he's kind of set for himself with this 2018 season. So this could be prime Kyle Fuller. And look, we, we had, he had a good rookie year and then he had those, uh, I guess, questionable years in between. Right. But this is where you can poss- possibly see Kyle Fuller playing some of his best ball. And if it's anything like 2018, the bears are pretty set at, you know, their, their cornerback position. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, we do have another starting cornerback to talk about. But first, all we have to do is take a quick timeout to tell you, a little, I'll tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? Well, the real question is, how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves that there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for all in one place. So... What makes SeatGeek better than the rest? Now, that's a great question. Uh, First of all, they pull together millions of tickets from all all over the web. Then it rates each on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map, which I love because it gives you a view of what uh, to expect from each specific seat in the stadium. And every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Now, as you know, everyone here at the Chicago Audible, we have the SeatGeek apps on our phones, our devices. We browse it on the web. It's by by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets throughout the past few years. Uh, We can be anywhere, and within a few taps, instantly find some seats. Uh, Again, I'm going to encourage Bears Chiefs, come join us. It's going to be a great game. Playoff atmosphere, Mahomes, Trubisky. You know, Tyreek Hill, Tariq Cohen. I mean, the storylines, Matt Nagy, Andy Reid, the storylines go on and on and on. It's going to be under the lights, Soldier Field, December. Could be a Super Bowl preview. So if you want to go ahead and join us at the Bears-Chiefs game, definitely check out SeatGeek as they have plenty of amazing deals left. And here's the kicker. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first purchase. And all you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code BEARS for $10 off that first purchase. Again, that promo code is BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $10 off your first purchase on SeatGeek. Alrighty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, Brandon Hazlett, and we're sitting here talking about the Chicago Bears cornerbacks and we're only 16 days away from training camp. And let's go ahead and move on to Prince of Mukamara. And don't forget... He resigned with Chicago last offseason. And why did he do that? And I quote, he wanted to put a ring on his finger. And it does feel like, obviously, a year later, he may have an opportunity to achieve that goal. It looks like he knew exactly what was coming the Bears' way. And last season, he notched three interceptions. All three were his first one since 2015. His first career pick six, not just in the NFL, but all the levels that he's ever played football in his entire life. And he had an impressive 12 PBUs on the season. B, I want to go over to you first here. What do you believe led to Prince's strong season a year ago? Because as I looked at his 2017 to his 2018, I thought he took a big step forward. Don't you agree? I did. And a big part of that is because he plays just so well in coverage that he's got a quick feel like Nick was talking about with Kyle Fuller, where uh, he's able to keep up with his guys a little bit better than what we've seen in the past. Cause he still had a few holding calls here and there. Uh, but regardless, when you're able to blanket guys like that, that's why teams were picking on Kyle Fuller so much. And it really went unnoticed because you never. Today is the day you're going to find your chill in this wild, wild world. Number overthinking, self-doubt or spiraling negative thoughts. We can't control all the variables in our lives, but at a little bit of chill podcast, we can learn how we want to react to them. 
Chill is a Vibe, a podcast full of inspiration, practical tools, fun, and a whole lot of laughs. Check us out. A Little Bit of Chill, the podcast. Join Callie and Will for A Little Bit of Chill, the podcast. Drops every Thursday. I heard Prince of Mukamara's name really all that much. He had more tackles than, than Kyle Fuller did. Uh, but at the end of the day, like we kept wondering, why aren't they throwing it at Prince? It seems like I remember a lot of post-game podcasts wondering, why aren't they throwing it at Prince more? That's because he's doing such a good job of taking that first look away that teams are having to throw it the other direction. So really just his ability to have quick feet, be able to jam guys at the line really plays in his favor. What about you, Nick? You know, with Prince, uh, you're going to see a lot of press coverage from him, and that's what he primarily does regardless of the defense uh, the the defense that the Bears are actually in. And the, when you jam those wide receivers at the line of scrimmage, that really re- uh, can mess up the timing between a quarterback and receivers. And I think for the most part, Prince Mukamara does a pretty good job of disrupting the timing, and that's why you saw maybe a Kyle Fuller who's playing off the ball get a lot more targets than a Prince Mukamara in his way. But it was a bounce it was a a really good season for him because i remember after the what 2017 season i didn't really i wasn't a big fan of prince mukamara to say the least but 2018 was a good year for him uh still though there are some things that i want to see him improve upon just uh even after his 2018 season even though he was a little bit better and i did mention he likes a jam it's when he doesn't get hands on receivers that's where you can see the separation being caused from a receiver and Prince Mukamura. So I think really what makes him so good and for him to be you know good in coverage, he has to get hands on a wide receiver because he's not the quickest guy. He's up there in age now, 30 years old, uh, now heading into his ninth season. So I think if he can really disrupt receivers at the line of scrimmage, that's where he's going to win some of those one-on-one matchups and with some of these great receivers that are in the league. Yeah, and if he does exactly what you just mentioned and is able to uh, adjust with that, we should see less penalties from him because that's been kind of his you know, issue here in Chicago. And I'm going to say issue, but it's not exactly you know, an issue as my Mac wants to open up Siri there for some weird reason. I don't know how issue sounds like Siri, but I, I'll move right back into the podcast here. So yeah, Mukamara, Nick, if he follows your guidelines there, he'll definitely kind of cut down on those uh, penalties that we're all accustomed to him seeing. But I want to know, uh, Nick, is there any other strengths to this game that you saw? I mean, you hit on a few, but maybe some that go under the radar that fans should kind of maybe pay attention to a little bit when he's on the field this year. Yeah, so Prince Mukamara, he had 66 combined tackles. And I think just watching the film, he is a good tackler. You're usually not going to see him maybe uh, lunge his body forward and try to knock out a guy. He's usually making a secure tackle. And just kind of watching the tape of him, that's that's what kind of just caught my eye. Um, not so much maybe uh, some of the other things I mentioned earlier, but tackling is something that you can – it's a reliable trait from Prince Mukamara and something that you can count on him to do. Um, but that's like one of the things that I saw and other than like jamming receivers at the line of scrimmage, but tackling was a good thing for Prince Mukamara. It, it goes in his favor as one of his uh, good traits. Yeah. Good point. Good observation there, Nick. B over to you. Uh, do you have any expectations for Prince or like a bar you want to set that would kind of be the difference of a successful season and one that maybe lets you down a little bit? Yeah, I think one that's going to, um, really determine if he's going to have a good year or not. Like Nick said, the tackling with him is just really sound. So I think that if he can continue uh, to get around 65 total tackles in a year, I think that's a pretty good benchmark for him to reach because uh, that's a sign, you know, he's not letting guys get away. He's holding his edge. Uh, but if he can exceed the three interceptions, that's a sign that's going to be a very good year. And I think if he's below two interceptions, then we're going to say it's somewhat of a down year, but that you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt. But I'm, I'm still going to peg that as somewhat of a disappointment. 
disappointment after a pretty good season last year. All right. Uh, one last thing here. Uh, I want to loop Fuller and Amukamara together because they are a tandem. Uh, something that we've known, and of course, I think everyone listening or most people listening when they're watching the games, is that they each kind of have a respective side. You know, they take the left. Uh, Mukamara lines up on the defense's right, and Kyle Fuller lines up on the defense's left. And uh, most corners in the league or other teams, other schemes, they do matchups. They have guys specifically trying to lock down the number one receiver. Um, but last season, the Bears kind of kept each of them on an island. And Nick, I was just curious, do you anticipate with Chuck Pagano that kind of staying true, or do you envision maybe them kind of switching sides a little bit more? Because if it was me personally, if it you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it, because they both, with the footwork that it takes to work each sideline, I think they have that, that pretty down pat. You know, if Chuck Pagano was actually going to do that, I think that would be a bad idea for the, the overall defense. He doesn't want to change a lot of things with this defense, and you don't have to. This is a number one defense for a reason. So I think keeping the corners in their respective positions is going to be the best bet for this defense. They're used to it. Uh, I think uh, it was Prince Mukumar played 98% on one side. Kyle Fuller was 99% on the other side, the times that they had to miss some snaps throughout the season. So I think keeping them at their respective positions would be best for this defense and best for those players to have their best seasons uh, in 2019. Now let's go ahead and continue on. And I just want to preface this saying that we're not going to our projective depth chart. We'll get to that as we get later on in the show, but I do want to take a moment to discuss Sherry McManus uh, because usually each year uh, we have, we say something along the lines of, you know, he's on the show by default, um, but his role in this team is purely uh, for special teams. Um, but I do believe he proved last year that he could play nickel corner to an effective degree. Now is he the ideal solution? No. But that's why the Bears brought in two potential Bryce Callahan replacements uh, that we'll get to in just a bit. But outside of him uh, not being able to keep Philly out of the end zone in the playoff game, uh, he was fairly efficient and effective when he played uh, in spout of Callahan later in the season. Now, I don't think any of us believe that he is going to be the starting nickel, uh, like I just mentioned. And obviously, uh, I believe we all have confidence in him. Uh, Geez, Siri is going to get me. She just scared the heck out of me. (laughs) <laughs> she's like just a sec and I was like what the hell who's talking <laughs> in my room but anyway uh, getting back to Sherrick I have to figure that out it could be the headphones I switched to um, but yeah getting to him obviously I just want to give you guys some space to share your thoughts on Sherrick McManus and this is going to be the known as the show in which Siri haunts me so this is going to be very fun Nick how about you first that's why I don't have any more Apple products. Uh, yeah, yeah, not yeah. to, yeah, not to brag um, here, but I think Sherrick McManus is a solid guide for for depth, especially at that nickel position. That's what he primarily filled in as when Bryce Callahan went down. I think he broke his foot last season, whatever the injury was. But I like Sherrick McManus there. I don't anticipate him being the starting nickel like you said, Will. But it's a guy that you can, you can rely on. He did have a nice interception. I think it was against the Arizona Cardinals in Week. What was that week two, week three? Uh, but he's a guy that you can rely on. Of course, had maybe Bryce Callahan been the guy at that goal line stand against the Eagles, maybe he makes a play on the ball. But it's a hard route to really cover quick, mm-hmm. uh, just little flare route out to the, the sideline there. Hard, hard to cover for any nickel DB, especially when you have to work in space with a lot of field in front of you. But I like Sherrick McManus. He's, what, been through three three head coaches now? Or is that right? Four, trying to, trying, three. Is, is it Four. Three or four. He was with Lovey, so Lovey, Tressman, yeah. Fox, and now Nagy. 
there's a reason why he keeps making the roster despite a new regime coming in and taking over. It's because you can count on this guy, whether it is special teams or having to fill in, maybe at outside or even nickel corner. He is capable of doing that, and he's just a veteran. He knows how to stick around the league, do his job, and do it to the best of his ability. We don't expect him to be like a guy that's going to make a ton of plays, but you can count on him when his, his number's called upon. So I do like Sherrick McManus, and again, I don't anticipate him starting, but I like him as uh, just a depth piece on this roster a uh, quick update quick aside i did shut off siri for my computer so she is no more <laughs> b how about you anything about sherrick that you want to add to the table yeah he's one of those guys that every team needs and i don't care if it's baseball or if it's you know obviously football or basketball or hockey or even golf you always need these guys that are gonna work really hard and don't always get all the attention you know like golf's your caddy i had to throw that one out there. <laughs> i don't know why but uh sherrick's like you know we talked about it, how he's this uh, guy. He's been around for a while, four head coaches. Uh, he's been a plug-and-play guy at, at Nickel Corner, and he's a special teams ace. So just his versatility, I think, his work ethic. He's one of those guys that doesn't do a whole lot of talking unless he's asked to. Being a team captain, I'm sure he has to, uh, at least within the locker room. You don't hear him so much in the press conference. But he's a guy who just sticks his nose to the grindstone and goes to work, and that's exactly what each team needs, and that is exactly what Sherrick McManus is, and he's going to continue to be that leader by example. All right. Moving forward, last year, Kevin Tolliver II came to Chicago as a raw and physical talent who had limited experience at LSU. Now, we knew heading into training camp that he had a lot of talent uh, and size. He's, uh, what, 6'2", 200, um, but he needed to put it all together. Now, he did earn himself a spot in the roster after a very strong training camp in preseason, and he was part of the active roster for the year where he had 14 tackles and a couple of passes defense. But I want to know, what's your take on Tolliver's season, and do you envision him taking some steps forward as the Bears continue to develop him as an option, as an outside corner when needed this year? And perhaps, and I'm just going to throw it out here, as a Prince of Mukamara replacement sometime down the road. Let's go back to B first. Yeah, I definitely look at Kevin Tolliver as a potential Prince Mukamara replacement down the road because I think in year two, just like we talk about quarterbacks all the time, you know, game really slowing down in the second year, it's going to be the same with cornerbacks because there were times in the preseason where naturally he looked really good. Just a physically dominant guy, like you said, 6'2", 200. Uh, Now with you give him a year to slow the game down a little bit, be able to read things a little bit better, that's really going to help his game and his growth. So I hope that he takes advantage of that and really, really comes out and shows in, in training camp preseason. If he gets his chance in the regular season, don't be scared to take it either. What about you, Nick? Uh, what are your thoughts about Kevin Tolliver this season? Because when he was out there last year, he was, you know, targeted, bullied a little bit. But he, again, he had very limited experience at LSU. It was like 11 or 16 starts there. And then so obviously when you have either Kyle Fuller or Prince Mukamara on either side because he was able to fill in for either of them, uh, again, you're going to get targeted a little bit more than the veteran. Uh, so what's your thoughts on him this year? Anything uh, in particular you're looking for at training camp to show signs of growth? Yeah, so I think, um, especially with Kevin Tolliver, there's a lot of potential with him. He does have that typical, you know, bigger kind of corner, six foot two, 190 pounds. He has a size that definitely matches the the position that he wants to play, being a physical kind of guy. But especially when he saw him early in, and I think it was that, that Arizona Cardinals game when Prince of Mukamar does get injured, you saw him being targeted early. And I think with younger corners coming in, filling in for starters, you really just want to keep everything in front of you. So instead of maybe taking that opportunity to maybe jump around, you don't know if this guy's going to run a double move you just want to keep everything in front of you the big thing for Tolliver now heading into his second season and you know it's probably a good thing if he doesn't get 
uh, playing time because that means the starters are getting injured or maybe there's blowout of games. That's where you can get your opportunities. But I want to see him just learn the game a little bit more. I was watching uh, NFL Game Pass film session. Xavier Rhodes was on there cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings and he said early on in his career he just was you know really hesitant didn't understand the game as much but then he started just watching more and more film with the veterans diagnosing how guys line up in their splits and that really changed the game for him slowed down the game like Brandon was just saying I think that's what you want to see from Kevin Tolliver just kind of learning from a a vet like a Prince of Mukamara from Kyle Fuller who had an a first-team All-Pro season last season, watching the film and diagnosing, okay, where are these receivers running? And then you want to see that translate when we go to Bourbon A, or is Kevin Tolliver making plays against maybe the second-team offense or something like that? That's what I kind of want to see him kind of work on coming into 2019. I don't expect him to get a lot of playing time because, you know, you want your starting corners to be healthy throughout the entirety of the season. But I think that's going to be key for him, slowing down the game by just breaking down the film, learning from the veteran guys in front of you, and then because uh, – Prince of Mukamara is not guaranteed any money after this season, and this could be it for Prince of Mukamara. This could be the last season. You want to see if Tolliver made the right steps in this season to hopefully maybe he can be the starter down the road. All right, well, let's get to this season. What would be your confidence level in Kevin Tolliver if he was needed to play, and I'm going to say a somewhat extended period of time? Somewhat extended period? I guess it also depends on the opponent, but I think – with Chuck Pagano now as their DC and having that background and coaching out the defensive backs, he's going to have, regardless of who comes in, ready to play the position. Like I said, he's not going to probably make these big time flashy plays, but I would be, I would be confident in Tolliver to not give up the big play. Uh, that's, I think that's a big key, uh, position for, for the cornerback position, just not giving up the big play, keeping everything in front. So I would say I would be confident in Tolliver. Obviously I would prefer Prince of Mukamura or, you know, obviously fuller in front of him, but I'd be confident in it because I know Chuck Pagano is going to have his guys ready to play on Sunday. Give me a number. We'll go with. A seven and a half. I think that's a good number for, you know, a backup guy who's had limited reps throughout his entire football career so far. Yeah, I think that's pretty high. What about you, B? Are you at a seven and a half? Uh, I'm at a seven. Uh, Like I I agree with Nick that he's not really going to give up the big plays, but there's going to be some plays that Prince would make that Kevin Toller isn't going to make, and that just comes with experience. Uh, So I I do have faith in him going out there and starting, but it's not as much as Nick. Man, I'm the Debbie Downer here, but not by much. I have on my nose a 6.9, so Brandon and I were very close at that 7, but you guys said all the reasons. I don't need to rehash. All right, let's transition into the two players that are most primed to be the Bryce Callahan replacement. Uh, First up, let's talk about Buster Screen. Uh, He is who the Bears brought in via free agency coming out of the New York Jets. Uh, Even though the numbers don't say it, Matt Nagy did mention that he thought Screen was one of the best nickel corners in the NFL last season. Nick, did you take a look? Uh, Did you say anything that gave you that impression? You know, just watching the film from Buster Screen, um, especially, uh, look, I didn't do a lot of it initially, but just over the past couple days, I came away feeling a lot better about that signing than I did when it was initially, you know, when it initially happened. I think Bears fans are going to like what Screen can bring to this defense, just an aggressive uh, corner or a nickelback corner who can, uh, really just make some, not, I wouldn't say impactful plays, but you know what you're getting out of him. Just uh, when he, especially when 
teams are running these screens. I saw a bunch of times where Buster Screen, what, five foot nine, barely 190 pounds. He's blowing up plays. He's blowing up opposing wide receivers, trying to just make a tackle on some of these guys. You'll see him blitz occasionally. And in terms of coverage, that's where maybe you see a little bit of a good drop off from a Callahan as opposed to, you know, screen here. He does get a little grabby at the end of routes where he maybe should be looking back for the ball. But I think being in a better defense, you're going to see screens play, just be elevated a little bit more, but I felt so much better just watching the film, seeing what he was about, what he's going to bring to this defense. Uh, just, just watching it over the past couple of days, as opposed to when it initially signed, because again, when you lose Bryce Callahan, one of the better nickel corners in the league, Anybody you bring in is probably not going to be at that level of uh, comp- that level. So Buster Screen, I feel good about him. Yeah, I mean the two things I like that he does that kind of mirrors Bryce Callahan is his ability to play press coverage because Bryce did that very well. And Nick, you mentioned the other one, his ability to go in on blitzes, but not just blitz, but be effective when doing so, knowing how to time them, knowing kind of the nuances of each specific play and the design of it. Uh, he was very effective with it. I think. He was like third in the NFL last year at it, and Bryce Callahan was, of course, up there at number one, which isn't that steep of a drop-off. But what about you, B? Any thoughts on Mr. Screen heading into training camp? I'm I'm still a little skeptical. And granted, some of that uh, comes with the defense of the Jets. That's where you really see the team sport thing uh, being an issue. Because I think when you're playing with Eddie Jackson, haha, Clinton Dix behind you, your confidence level should bump up that you know you have a little bit margin of error because you have two really good safeties behind you who are going to make up for any mistake that you make for the most part uh but he did give up a touchdown to anthony miller uh so that wasn't a very good sign in our first uh, look at him but uh, regardless i think that you guys uh pretty much hit it right on the uh, hit the nail right on the head that he's a very hard guy you will go in there and be aggressive uh he'll go uh blow up plays in the backfield very good blitzer uh, but his coverage skills make me a little weary still so i'm not sure that i'm totally confident in him being the nickel guy quite yet Hey, it's hard to cover Anthony Miller. It is. It was a good throw, too, from Mitch Trubisky. It was back shoulder. Yeah, you're so right. Screen, screen was in good position. It was just a hell of a play by Trubisky and Miller there on that in that Jets game. No complaints, right? No complaints. Nope. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, nickel corners, let's move forward. This year's six-round pick. Uh, he knows the show. Duke Shelley, if you don't follow him on Instagram – uh, he used some of our comments on our instant live reaction show, and we do nothing, not too much about him. We're researching on the fly. Apparently, he wasn't so keen about those words. Using our words for motivation, pretty damn cool if you ask me. I'm not going to complain. Nick, I know you, you think about it every day, don't you? Oh, yeah. I'm just <laughs> waiting for the day I run into Duke Shelley and he recognizes my voice, and we'll see what happens after that. <laughs> right? Over what, Funks? Yeah, so he, he's there. So it's going to happen eventually, maybe. Hopefully not. That'll be a very (laughs) interesting day. Hopefully not. You got this. All right, let's get back to the let's get back to business. Uh, Duke Shelley is known for being a very feisty and physical position, uh, despite being like Nick, a little bit smaller in stature. Ah, got you there. Uh, But he's five nine one eighty. I know that's not really uh, you know what you're known for. I think you're what like five two. That's why I had my notes Uh, last year. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) Well, your notes are wrong. Uh, but uh, obviously, uh, one thing that I liked about him out of Kansas State, very strong instincts and his ability to play in man coverage very well. Uh, and again, the Bears have said that his role is going to be nickel corner, uh, despite the fact that he's never played that position uh, in college. He's more of an outside guy. So I want to know, outside of the Instagram post, what do you guys see in him? Uh, is he a guy that can come in and 
truly compete for the starting job along alongside the veteran screen now in camp, or is that more of a long-term kind of goal for Duke Shelley? And Nick, since you're fearful, I'll go to Brandon first. <laughs> I, I like Duke Shelley as a, as a nickel corner. I think he can really compete for the starting job. He's got really good range, and there's a picture of him uh, at the rookie training camp earlier this year where he's going up one-on-one. I think it was with tight end. It might have been Daniel Brown. I don't remember exactly, but it was a, a much better, bigger tight end than he uh is obviously at, at five nine or five two whatever nick stands at and uh he, he's up there competing for the for the ball at the high point which is great with something that you want to see out of your nickel guy that a guy that's going to stick with the receiver sticky as we like to talk about with uh, bryce callahan when he was there and i think that his range it really shows on tape so those are the things now that we've had some time to research him uh are really going to play to his strengths and be able to allow him to compete for a starting job all right, Nick, we can go over to you. And as the great J. Cole says in KOD, uh, choose wisely. Um, what do I have to say about Duke Shelley? No, apparently he's been making a lot of plays in rookie minicamp. And if you haven't listened to it already on Bill Zimmerman's Bears Banter podcast on the Bears blog, highly recommend you go listen to their latest episode. He brought on Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson said that, you know, Duke Shelley, he's a dog out there just kind of going out competing. And like you said, well, he talks a lot of smack and he's backing it up so far. So I think with the position, too, you want to be somebody that can, you know, be very confident in, what's, in your abilities. And he's transitioning, like you said, from outside to inside. And that's not a, – look, a lot of corners can maybe uh, make that transition, but it's not an easy one to make, especially for a guy that's coming down the outside to the inside. There's a lot more space to work with. And I think for Duke Shelley, it's good that he's uh, making these plays initially in uh, rookie minicamp, stuff like that. But once the pads come on, I want to see what he's able to do. Not saying that he can't do it, but I don't, again, expect him to be a starter <laughs> this season. Buster Screen was paid – uh, the money that he was paid because of what the coaching staff has, the confidence they have in him. He was guaranteed $8.5 million at signing. That's the most out of any of the free agents that they have so far. He's not going to get benched, and I like what Buster Screen can bring to this defense. So maybe Duke Shelley down the road, but he won't be starting this season. Watch then, now, of course. And I was going to say, I was gonna say the, <laughs> this season part is going to get cut off again, and then of course. That we'll see what happens there, but – all right, well, Nick, you kind of pulled a brand into the spoiler alert. We know your opinion, so B, I'll go over to you. Who do you envision winning the starting nickel job and why this season? I, I am going with Buster Screen as well. I think the coaches feel a lot more confident in a guy that's got a little bit more experience in the league. Uh, I could see if, if Duke is this talker that Eddie Jackson talks about him being, you know, talk, going out there talking last night, that could come back and bite him if he's going against a veteran uh, who knows what he's doing and knows how to break down a guy. So I, I think that they would feel much more comfortable with Buster Screen in week one, and that's who I have starting. Yeah, week one, I'm going Screen. Nick, you said they're not going to bench him because they're paying him, you know, a boatload of money for this year. With it being a Super Bowl year, though, if he does struggle uh, often and early in the season, you get to like week five or six. I think you have to start looking at you know Duke Shelley as an option to see if he can provide something different. Do I think Screen is gonna you know struggle to that degree? Maybe, but probably not. But I'm saying I don't think the Bears are gonna just you know uh, stick to their guns if he does kind of start struggling out there. Would you uh, would you agree at least with that assessment? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. But he still has to beat out Sherrick McManus. That's the next guy on the depth chart. That's a veteran that you still have to beat out. I know Duke Shelley's been making these plays initially. But the pads aren't on. The pads are not on yet. You can make a ton of plays in shorts and a helmet. That's great. But I still, look, in terms of, like, depth chart, screen, McManus, 
then Duke Shelley. Man, this okay. is all going to be on there, and I'm just going <laughs> to get tore up by him eventually. But that's that's a, that's what I'm envisioning right now. Okay, as of right now. As of right now. Before so the pads come not, out. <laughs> before, before the pad. yeah. It's all right the, I'm putting all the disclaimers to protect you here. Yeah, thank you. Because uh, it, well, there's a bunch of editing that could be done because you'll you'll find just every exact word to make it work out for for his next video. So we'll maybe see I'll next. even edit before we publish the podcast. <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, I'll call tier two here uh, and just kind of lump everyone together uh, because for the sake of time, if we talked about each one individually, uh, we'd probably be here for <laughs> Nick shaking said no, thank you. <laughs> I agree. It's been a long day here. So uh, we have Jonathan Mincy. Uh, I'm doing a quick refresher for each guy. Uh, former NFL, CFL player, current NFL player. Uh, he was known as one of the league's best corners at the time. He's only 26 years old. Uh, he is a nickel guy. Uh, he was in camp last year, too. And the fact that the Bears are keeping him around is intriguing. John Franklin III, of course, the last chance you star. He's still here, uh, fresh off of winning some cash in the 40-yard dash contest just a couple weeks ago. Then you have Michael Joseph, Illinois native, fan favorite last year out of D3 school, Dubuque. Uh, he's back for another shot as well. Steven Denmark, this year's seventh-round pick out of Valdosta State. Uh, big in size. Nick and I both said maybe he's moving to safety this training camp. Again, the pads haven't came on, so we don't know. So as of right now, he's in the sa- in the cornerback show. Then you have Richard Font. Uh, he spent time at the Bears camp last year. Uh, mostly he was inactive. He was injured right from the jump of camp, so we didn't get to see him. Uh, he's a cornerback from my alma mater, Indiana. Uh, he was a UDFA last year. Uh, he's known here in Bloomington as a guy who can get his hand on the football. He's still IU's all-time PBU leader with 53 pass broken up in his time here at IU. And then you got Clifton Duck. He's a UDFA from this season out of Appalachian State, a highly productive player at the D2 level. All right, so a lot of faces are back at camp this year uh, who were there last year out of this group. But I, I think we all know it's very difficult uh, for at least this tier to really land a spot on the final roster. But maybe you guys have some dark horses or maybe just some favorites to kind of maybe land back on the practice squad. So let's go over to Nick first. Out of this tier, how do you see it kind of getting shaken out? Yeah, so I mean, a lot, like you said, a lot of these guys are here from last year, and we didn't really get to see a bunch of them, only really in the preseason. But I think the most realistic choice here, and just because of, uh, well, he was drafted, Stephen Denmark, and there, it's a project with him. Uh, like, like we were talking about before we went live here, Will, he may be someone that transitions to safety, just given his size, six foot three, 220 pounds. And I remember when they were, uh, the media was kind of talking to him earlier. Uh, what was it, maybe April, whenever it was, he he really modeled his game after Richard Sherman, just being another guy who's a bigger body, who made the transition from initially wide receiver to defensive back. So that's a guy that you want to see what this coaching staff can really do with him, with that potential, with that size, athletic ability. And the other guys, look, they just have to make plays at some point in training camp uh, when we go down there in Bourbon A and just do that against, obviously, the second, third level tiers of the offense. But I think – the most realistic guy just because of being drafted is Steven Denmark because we just don't know yet. There's so much potential with him, obviously being a rookie, but you want to see him just make plays and be able to adjust wherever this coaching staff feels that he should be at, whether it's safety or at the cornerback position. B, what about you? I still really like Michael Joseph. Kid Kid goes out there and plays hard, and I really like that. I think that really gives him a solid chance to make the practice squad. He'd be my dark horse. 
Uh, but I'm also with Nick that Steven Denmark's guy, I mean, he played wide receiver at one point uh, earlier in his football career, so they could switch him back to there if they want <laughs> to. If You know, I don't know why they would at this point, but they, they could. If you're going to make the transition to safety, I'm going to put him back on the offense just because. Um, just because. Just because. So, yeah, uh, those are my two guys. And uh, Clifton Duck, I guess, is a guy that he can fly. We let ducks fly. We don't uh, We don't want him on the team. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I thought that was a Don't be a quack. Oh God! Is that terrible? <laughs> Sorry, I'm back at camp, really so you know my, my my dad jokes come out strong when I'm hanging out with a bunch of high schoolers. All right, uh, so for me, uh, my three that I have is going to be uh, Joseph uh, Brandon. You mentioned it. I have Mincy as well because he does have a lot of experience at professional football, one way or another. Um, so I wouldn't completely rule him out of making this team, but I don't think really the cards are aligned for that. Uh, Denmark, we've discussed potentially safety, potentially not. But I'm also going to give one last shout-out to my guy Font here from IU. Again, injuries put him behind the eight ball last camp. He didn't even get to participate in camp because he got, like, the very first day warm-up, he pulled something, and he was out for the entire camp. Um, but obviously the Bears are still very intrigued by his potential, so I want to go out there and see what he can do. Uh, and, again, the IU thing kind of has a strong pull there as well. Nick, it's James Daniels, so I'm trying to get at least something. I lost Jordan Howard. I'm trying to get something. Brandon feels yeah, my no, pain. Makes sense. <laughs> I don't have anything. They cut. They cut the kicker. That was cut, my only chance. That was your only chance. And uh, damn, man, if you can't even get the kicking position. All right. Uh, so was, can't get it either. No. Uh, <laughs> you know that hurt my heart. That really did. Ouch. Brandon, people are still waiting to see if you're gonna do. Uh, who do you have to play court? The the quarterback for Purdue. You have to do a whole entire season with him and win the Super Bowl, right? Is that what it is? Oh. Yeah, with David Blau, yeah. People are people want to see if that happens, so you got to make it happen at some point. Man, that means I got to buy Madden. <laughs> there you go. It's a start. <laughs> I haven't bought Madden since 2012 when Peyton Hillis was on the cover. And you still That's have the PS3. Yes. You're still down to the, yeah, the S3. So when the 5 comes, I'll give you my 4. Uh, that'll be a wedding gift okay. for you. You're like, thanks, I'm married. <laughs> I'm never going to get a play. No, I understand play your it, pain. Yeah. I understand your pain. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and make it official. Uh, your final CB roster will look like, and then fill in the blanks with your five to six to seven. I'm assuming six. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be where it falls. Uh, let's go to uh, Nick first, which, spoiler alert, I believe we talked pre-show. We're all in agreement, so you can just say it. Yeah, so we all have six cornerbacks making this roster. Kyle Fuller, Prince of Mucamora, Sherrick McManus, Kevin Tolliver, Duke Shelley, and then Steven Denmark on the practice squad. Yeah, I have nothing different as of right now. What about you, B? Didn't you not say Buster Screen? Oh, I didn't say Buster Screen. What? Buster Screen. Well, so I, that's a six. He would be the sixth one. Sorry. Shows how oh, much okay. I was actually paying attention to the words. Coming <laughs> yeah. Out of your well, mouth. I saw the, I saw your numbers down there. Like, did I say six? So I, I guess like, I six, did. We'll I was like six, and then I was like, put up the numbers. Said seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just to recap: Fuller, Amukamara, McManus, Tolliver, uh, Shelley, Screen. And then Denmark on the practice squad, maybe as a safety, maybe as a corner, maybe it's Richard Vaughn. Maybe the whiteout. <laughs> John Franklin the third goes back to the offense. No, okay, we're going down the <laughs> rabbit hole that we should not be going down this episode. Uh, let's jump into the big quish, uh, big picture questions to end out this show. And of course, we're going to start with some over under. So the first one up is twelve interceptions for Prince and Kyle Fuller combined. Last year's number combined was 10. I'm setting the bar a little higher, 12. Are they going to reach it or not? Let's go to B first. Yeah, I'm taking the over on that one. I've got a lot of confidence in Kyle Fuller this year to be able to exceed that seven, so Prince doesn't have to quite get the three if he doesn't uh, 
want to. That sounds really bad, but I it doesn't. He wants to, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> what about you, Nick? Yeah, the same exact reasons as Brandon there. I'm going to go over just because I think Kyle Fuller's in for another big season and will carry and have a majority of those interceptions. All right. Over under 30 PBUs for the Bears cornerbacks as a unit. Last year's number, 28. So just a slight bump here at the 30 mark. What do you think, Nick? Ooh, um, you know what? We're going to go, we'll go over on that as well. Kyle Fuller, I know had 21 of those. Uh, I'm hoping that Prince of Mukamara can still be a, as effective as he was last season. And then you have Buster screen in there. We'll see what he's all about and what he can bring to this defense. But I think you can go over on that number. B. What was number 30? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take the under just to be different. Uh, Kyle Fuller, like we said, he's going to rack up a lot of those because teams, with, with Prince being the guy that jams a lot, they're going to want to throw to Kyle Fuller because that looks more appealing. And if he can continue to do what he does, he's going to have a high number of PBUs, but I don't think Prince is going to have quite uh, the number because they're not going to target him first. And with a lot of pressure coming, they're going to want to get the ball out quick. Yep, that's part of the equation here as well. Uh, up next, over-under 100 targets for Kyle Fuller. His average over the last two seasons... 112 targets per year. Obviously, quarterbacks, I mean, we talked about why they're throwing his way, but obviously they're not learning the lesson. Kyle Fuller is going to make you pay, but is he still going to see 100 targets this year, Nick? I don't think so. So I'm going to go under there. I think Kyle Fuller needs to, I think last season really earned him some respect. If you throw his way, whether he is in zone, whether he's man, whether he's pressed, he's going to make you pay. And it's not a very high completion percentage. Quarterbacks had a 57.8 passer rating when targeting Fuller. That's not obviously very good for quarterbacks. So I think it's going to be under his usual, I think you said 112 there. So I'm going to say it's going to be less than that. What do you think, B? Same thing? Yeah, I think teams are going to learn this year, so I'm going to take the under. I think they'll target the aging Prince of Mukamara a little more. Okay. Over under, 10 starts for Buster Screen this year. Nick. Over. He's going to have over 10 starts, and Duke Shelley's just going to have to wait his turn. <laughs> this year. God, this this year. This year. God, man, I cannot wait until this becomes a video. I cannot wait. <laughs> I know you can't. You like all the exposure you can get. Uh, B, how about yeah. you? Yeah, Nick's going to make up for his negative one Twitter followers today. So yeah, that's going to do it. <laughs> uh, and you know, I'm actually going to take the under on this one. I, I feel like they may try Duke Shelley or even Sherry McManus doesn't have to be Duke Shelley, but I think they could try Sherry McManus in there. Well, at times if, if Buster screens are really struggling, uh, I wouldn't give it much time. I'd give it four games if he's struggling early. Yeah. First quarter of the season is kind of my window to be kind of what I alluded to earlier on here in the show. Uh, true or false. Prince Mukamara will earn Pro Bowl honors for the first time in his career. Nick? False. What? No no explanation. Just false? You know, <laughs> just um, just kind of watching his tape, he's not the quickest. Obviously, being older, he really has to jam and get his hands on receivers to really be effective. And if you're not getting those interceptions, you're definitely not going to make the Pro Bowl. And I don't anticipate him being you know having a season like Kyle Fuller did so it's that's why it's false he's not gonna okay. make the Pro Bowl but that's that's all right he doesn't need to for the Bears to be a good defense you're absolutely right I just wanted to know your point uh instead of just false what about you B <laughs> uh I want to say false as well especially uh since we can look at the Pro Bowl as more of a popularity contest he's not even the most popular corner on the Bears so for that reason false 
All right, one more true or false. Kyle Fuller can lead the league in interceptions yet again. And I think, Nick, you actually said these exact words, but you took them right from my notes, apparently. Uh, so, true for you? It is true for me. I have high expectations for Kyle Fuller in 2019. B? It is true for I as well. Nice. Bold prediction time? I know that was like the most weak intro to bold prediction time, but <laughs> bold prediction. B? Oh, we're going to me first? Yeah, that's what that's what <laughs> B means. That's what B means? Okay. Um, I think that Kyle Fuller is going to have a similar year to Charles Tillman in 2012 when he had 10 forced fumbles and three interceptions, except we're going to reverse those, and Kyle Fuller is going to have 10 interceptions and three forced fumbles. Okay, I like that a lot. What about you, Nick? Well, I mean, my bold prediction was with Kyle Fuller, but maybe I'll make it with Buster's screen because why not? Yeah, we're switching up. I saw Will uh, was disappointed when I said Kyle Fuller. So uh, bold prediction with Buster's screen. He not only starts the entire season, but he has his best season as a pro. Now that he's with an elite defense, has a bunch of playmakers all around him, and I don't know if he had an interception. I'm going to look at my notes real quick. I don't think he had an interception last season. He gets he three of them this season. Okay. So your faith must not be that high if that's your bold prediction. I mean, it's Buster Screen. Everyone's anticipating they should get benched <laughs> at some point. So right. I think it's bold for him and for what I expect out of him. Fair. Well, my bold prediction is about Kyle Fuller. Ha-ha. Surprise. <laughs> uh, I have him getting 11 interceptions this season, which is actually what I had in my nose. I'm not just trying to one-up B here. Um, but if he does that, he would be the first cornerback in the NFL since 1981 to do so. It's been a long time wow. since someone had an 11 interception season. Wow, I was going to initially say Kyle Fuller 12, and I didn't realize or do the notes or the 12, research. I, to believe, see if never been I, done. I believe 12 is the NFL record. It's been done a few times, but it is the NFL record, and most of those are like in the 40s and 50s. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's been some time. Uh, so 11, to me, is generously bold, but 12 would have been extraordinarily bold. Is that what you had in your notes, though, 12 for him? I didn't have that in my notes. It was just, just up here. It was a right thought. Okay. Doesn't <laughs> yeah. count. Doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't. All right. All right. One last thing, guys. Uh, confidence, you know. What's your confidence in the cornerbacks? Uh, scale 1 to 10. It's funny because I feel like every position on the defense, it's a given nine. It's just a, how much of a nine to a 10 you want to go to almost, but maybe it's not a nine for you or more Nick. Yeah. I'm not going to go with a nine for this entire group and um, a fuller, obviously a lot of confidence in him. It's the other two where, you know, there are some questions of course, but I think I'm going to give this group overall um, an eight. So Kyle Fuller is really raising that number. I want to see if Prince Mukamara can really play like he did last season. I think it was a good season for him. Still had those pass interference calls, and when you're jamming, that's being expected. But Buster Screen is coming into a new defense. I do expect him to play well, but he has big shoes to fill with Bryce Callahan not being there. So overall, as a group, heading into you know training camp, which will be here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to give it an 8. Okay. Slightly surprised by the 8, but being surprised isn't usually a bad thing but we'll see what about you b i'm also not going with a nine nor a ten uh i'm gonna go with an 8.8 8, uh because the nickel corner still is yet to be seen i have got full confidence in kyle fuller and prince mukamara uh, but when i watch buster screen on tape his coverage skills kind of make me cringe a little bit sometimes and duke shelley 
has good times and bad times, I guess to put it nicely. Uh, good athlete, good range. It's just he's got to be able to slow the game down if he's going to be a trash talker. I could see that getting ugly. So uh, the nickel corner position kind of has me a little worried. I appreciate the Zeppelin reference, even if you didn't catch it when you went through it, the good times, bad times. You know, I had my share. Yes. But uh, for me, I did not know that I did it, but uh, thanks for pointing it out. No problem. I'm all over it tonight. Uh, so for me, I actually gave it an 8.9. So again, I said for the defense, we've been at nines up to tens, and you guys caught me because I was going to be like, haha, first one for the, not the defense, but you guys got me first. Uh, but for me, 8.9. Uh, for me, obviously, I like the experience. They're coming off a very strong year. Uh, I believe that uh, Mukamara is playing the best ball of his career. So is Kyle Fuller. That's exciting. Lots of young talent at this position as well. When you look at Kevin Tolliver, all the way through to even the guys, there's a reason why they brought back the same crop of guys. They like them a lot. So there's a lot of young talent at the position. And again, I believe, even though, Brandon, there are definite concerns at the nickel position, I believe we can survive without Callahan with whoever whoever wins that battle or ends up starting in that job. Uh, The pass rush obviously helps their job too. Uh, Makes their lives much easier and then one last point would be Chuck Pagano and his experience coaching DBs may be able to, uh, you know, kind of keep them progressing, keep them actually playing even at maybe at a slightly higher level. Uh, so for me, 8.9 is going to be where I fall. Any final thoughts on the cornerbacks before we wrap up, B or Nick? It's going to nope. be fun watching them in Bourbon A, especially against all these talented receivers, uh, whether it's from the top of the depth chart. I remember, what was it, Allen Robinson and Kyle Fuller going at it. That was always a fun mm-hmm. one to watch. So that's going to be something come training camp. You just want to see the level of competition. The Duke Shelley versus Anthony Miller, those are two guys that like to talk. And if Duke Shelley's about it, that means he's going to win his one-on-one matchup. So I think that's going to be an interesting one. All these matchups, uh, especially the one-on-one drills in the red zone, uh, it'll be interesting to see how these cornerbacks hold up. Absolutely, because last year we had a few points when we were, you know, not worried about the offense, but the defense did have the upper advantage in a lot of those positional drills. And in hindsight, because the defense was playing some lights out football last season, we just didn't know to what degree until we actually got into the regular year. So now that we know what the defense has in terms of their talent level, and we know the offense is playing catch up, but we do believe that it's going to be a much more know balanced talent on both sides of the football this year with the offense progressing and elevating their play yeah those one-on-one matchups uh this is gonna be a lot of fun to watch you talked about two a rob kyle fuller oh that's gonna be a lot of fun the two talkers in the you know in the slot and then even you know whoever's going outside or even like a javon Wims against the prince of mukamara and again i'm going back to more be more excitement about the offense there um but yeah just those one-on-ones uh shows you a lot about where some of these guys are going to stand so very good point there nick B, anything you want to add? Yeah, Nick says he's looking forward to the Duke Shelley Anthony Miller matchup, but I'm looking forward to the Duke Shelley Nick Moriano matchup. <laughs> I am not. I am, wow, that's definitely making it. So I am not looking forward to that matchup. And Duke, I, I have nothing against you, man. I really don't. I just we got to see how how it turns out. I still have okay. screen over you though. <laughs> he he did call you a YouTube NFL expert or football expert. Yeah, so. he did. So thank you. Never once said we never claimed to be on the show experts. We're just fans talking football here, but I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it too. <laughs> and that's, I think, how we're going to wrap up the show. There we go. All right. Time to wrap up this episode. I want to thank everyone who watched the live recording and listened to the podcast. Don't forget, our goal is 500 reviews on Apple Podcasts before the season. If we're able to reach that goal before the Bears and Packers kick off, one lucky reviewer will get a Chicago Bears jersey of choice. 
We'll be back next week to discuss the final defensive position group, the safeties. That will be followed by our final installment of Countdown to Camp, which will be all about the Bears' special teams. Now, it's a good time, as any, to remind you to reach out if you want to say hi training camp in a couple of weeks. As, again, Nick kind of plugged it a bunch throughout the show when we go down to Bourbon A. I'm excited. I have my calendar marked. I'm making my trips. And if you are, too, definitely reach out to let us know so we can come say hey to you or just see us there. Uh, it's a small place, but I'm sure there's going to be plenty of Bears fans there. So looking forward to meeting many of you at Bourbon A. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.